This is the WFG National Title Insider Report, featuring industry experts, thought leadership, and what's trending to keep you informed and ahead of the market. In this week's episode, Senior VP and Chief Information Security Officer Bruce Phillips joins us with his insight on cybersecurity issues and wire fraud. Hey, Bruce, thanks for joining us. We've heard a lot of reports lately about security issues in financial services companies. Uh, Let's talk about this trend and should we be concerned about it? It's been a little disconcerting recently, some of the things that we've seen in financial services and some of the the basic, what seem to be basic mistakes that are being made. And I think it it is concerning and and we should be concerning it, um, mostly because everyone is so focused on things that, you know, are new and fast and exciting and and all those type of things that are people are talking about and things like advanced persistent threats and nation state attacks. And it seems like what's happening is people are forgetting some of the basics. Um, they're they're forgetting what I like to call the basic security hygiene. You know the things that you shouldn't have in a, files available on the internet that don't require you to at least say who it is that's coming to get it, um, so that you know you can control who has access. And I think you know those are just simple things, but. The concerning part is, is that we're not paying attention to those simple things. And uh, a couple of those things that we've happened over the last couple of years, uh, the most recent in, in, in the title business uh, was simply forgetting that you shouldn't do this. Um, and if you go back to one of the larger breaches, it was forgetting that, you know, you have to pay attention to patching because there are people every day trying to find ways to get into systems and make money off of any data that that they find. Um, And until we get back to that understanding the basics, I think we should be concerned. You know, as important as this is, Bruce, I got to ask you, why is it happening? That's the $64,000 question, right? Um, why, Why is this happening? And I think part of the reason is um, while people sort of have this in the back of their mind, there's this thing that you should think about security. Um, Security is not a revenue generator, right? It's a revenue protector. And sometimes you start thinking about how can I um, make things more more easy for my my customer, um, make it quicker, make things faster, that we seem to to think that that's a different conversation than security. And in actuality, when you start looking at things, you know, business owners today need to understand when, when somebody comes up and says, hey, we can make this easier to use. What they should hear in the back of their head is we can make this less secure. Um, you know, the conversation really isn't about is something secure or is it insecure? Um, the conversation is really about usability and security. Um, the more usable I make something, the more ease of use I put into a system, I'm removing security controls, which are naturally a barrier to ease of use. Um, a good example is, you know, if we say, you know, we want these documents available to 
to our customers. Um, and we can do it in a way that they don't need to tell me who they are. We'll just sort of hide the location and only tell the people we want to know where the location is. So it's much easier. Well, that doesn't work. And it means that anyone who can guess where it's at can get to it. So I think that's part of the, the trade-off. You know, we're looking at things as how can we make it faster, quicker, easier to use? And we're not thinking about the fact that that's sort of an anathema to security. And I think the other part of it is, is people are, are, are thinking that, you know, the Internet is a great thing. It has made it really easy for us to get our jobs done. We're, we, we can do things quicker. Right? We, we are more efficient by using all these wonderful things that we can do on the internet from social media to you know full-blown web applications but what you forget is that that ability for me to be more efficient is also there for the attackers so the attackers are now more efficient they don't need to do as much work to be able to do the same attacks that they had to do 10 years ago. Um, and some of that is simply because we've decided to make things easier. Um, one of the things that exists today that wasn't there is there's a system that was started as a research project at the University of Michigan um, to catalog everything that's on the internet. And it's doing such a good job that instead of doing their own research um, and in reconnaissance, the attackers are now just going to that system and finding out everything that's there and they're attacking from there. Um, so it's, I, I think it's that double-edged sword of making things faster, making things easier has also made things faster and easier for the attackers. Well, speaking of faster and easier, we also have a lot of people who are busy these days uh, with life in general, their, their company, their business, day-to-day -day life. And uh, I, preface this question by saying that because we get to the topic of wire fraud where um, obviously it's been a concern for years but now it's much more so and I know this is something you deal with why is this becoming more prevalent today than it was even a year or two ago uh, because <laughs> there's money to be made it's it really comes down to that um, if you look at wire fraud in the real estate space for over the last five years, five years ago, only um, about $200 million was lost to wire fraud. Uh, in 2018, $1.3 billion, that is with a B, was lost to wire fraud. Year over year, you're looking at an 80% increase in the, the dollars lost and also an 80% increase in the attacks. And the, the, the first reason for that is it's successful. And, you know, just like in any business, um, you know, criminal organizations, when they see something that's successful, they want to join, you know, that bandwagon and, and start making more money. And, you know, my expectation for 2019 is uh, that that number is going to increase to about two and a half billion. Um, and it's simply because it's really easy to to trick someone into fraudulently wiring money. And the cost of entry is really low. And so that's why it's increasing. There's just money to be made. 
So you answered the why, I guess, from a consumer standpoint, from an agency standpoint, uh, what can be done to help prevent this? Well, I think there's a there's a couple of things that we need to do. Um, number one is um, the reason that this that this is so successful is we rely on email to send sensitive information and instructions for wiring money. And email is by definition, by design, not secure. Um, there is no way that you can receive an email from someone and be assured that it actually came from the person you think it came from. Um, if you think about when you create a Gmail or a Hotmail or a, an Office 365 free account, you go to their website, you tell them what your name is, you tell them what email address you want to use, and they set it up for you. And at no point do they say, is this really you? Um, and then if you think about how, how many pieces of email we handle every day, um, it's easy for someone to slip into the conversation by changing the email address just slightly. Um, you know, if you just change two letters in the order of them in an email address, most people will not pick that up. And so you you will think that you're talking to the same thing because the the friendly name that gets displayed is the same. It's but the email address changes slightly. And so the very first thing that we have done at WFG is said, you know, we do not send wire instructions via email. It's not a secure way to do it. And generally people, when they do send it, they include everyone on the transaction. You really shouldn't do that either. You should only be talking to the person that needs to know. And then the, the last thing is we've forgotten uh, a device that is more ubiquitous than it's ever been. It's called the telephone. Um, anytime that you're sending a large amount of money, even a small amount of money, and you're gonna do it via some anonymous method such as a wire instruction, then you should call up and verify those instructions and make sure that that request came from who it should have come from, and then let them know that it is coming so that they can validate that they got it. Um, so it's about speed and responding if it was wrong. And I think that's part of the things that we can do is start moving away from this reliance on email um, to communicate things like wire instructions and stop oversharing information. Right? Uh, not when, when it's time for the seller to send in uh, their funds, why should we tell not only the seller or the buyer, or let's say you know, who, you, who needs to send the funds, why should we tell their agent, the loan officer, the other parties in the transaction, why do we tell all of them this information that they really don't need to have? Um, so that's the first thing you should think about is uh, email is not secure and your best defense is to pick up the phone and call someone. And that's really um, something that, that people don't do today. They would rather do everything via text and or, or, e or email. Yeah, it's pretty basic. Anything else you can think of, Bruce, that uh, we can do to protect not only ourselves, our company, uh, especially clients and consumers out there. You know, again, everybody's busy. And 
I think a lot of times for, you know, an agent to say, hey, I know you're busy, but <laughs> we really need you to pay attention to this piece of it because, you know, if this is compromised, obviously it could cost hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, right? Right. And and that that's true. So a couple of things that you can do um, as an individual and even as a small business, um, if you're using something like Office 365 or Gmail or Hotmail or any of the other free mail accounts, almost every one of them today um, allow you or have a, a feature called second factor authentication. What that means is not only do you have to enter your username and password, but you also have to have another uh, pin that is rotating it only lasts for a, a few seconds that you know maybe 30 seconds to a minute that you get sent that you have to also enter in um, so if you think about over the past few years there have been a lot of breaches of social media where usernames and passwords have been stolen and then those are actually sold on the uh, on the dark web so that you can go in as a criminal, you can buy these you know, usernames and passwords. Um, most of them are generally email, email addresses and passwords. And then they can log, they attempt to log into everything that you have, whether it be your bank account, your email account, your social media account. And unfortunately, most people just use one password. Uh, and that one single password they use for everything. So if I can get that password, I can get into all of your systems. I can read your emails. I can transfer money out of your bank. I can make posts on your social media. I can then get your contact information out of those and then attack other people to do everything. But if we don't use a single password for everything, and for those things that support it, use multi-factor authentication, you've just locked the criminal out of all of those systems. Now they don't know when you're closing on your house. Now they don't know when you're going on vacation unless you post that up on, uh, on a social media site for everyone to see. And now you're starting to protect yourself in your digital environment. And that's one of the challenges that, you know, we, we think of the digital environment as a safe place. And in actuality, the internet is very, very hostile. Uh, people are trying to find ways to exploit you and make money off of you. And if you're in a transaction like a, like a, a, you know, buying or selling a home, they're going to put a big X on your forehead and they're going to want to find a way that they can get those funds. And so doing those simple things, you know, don't have weak passwords, turned on second factor authentication, and they cost you absolutely nothing. Uh, to do both of those things, but it's the number one thing that you can do to protect yourself and your business. Thanks to Bruce Phillips, WFG's Chief Information Security Officer, with the latest on cybersecurity and wire fraud. And thank you for partnering with WFG. To learn more about our unique process, systems, and technology, visit wfgagent.com.